Hello, everybody. Welcome in to another episode of the Couch GM's Podcast. I'm your host, George Kurt, joined by not one, but two Couch GM's in person. What 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 crazy business is this? Cody Roadcap, Tyler Snyder, also in the house. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great. Uh, if you're not watching, make sure you check us out on YouTube to see all three of us in the same place. We're here because it, it is my bachelor party weekend. We are partying, we are having a great time, but we did want to take some time out to record this podcast for you because we care about you and we want to get the news out there. Absolutely. We said we're a dependable podcast that you can rely on all season long. We were not kidding. Even Cody's bachelor party can't get in the way of us getting the news out to you. 100%. And yeah, there's some exciting stuff going on at the Couch GMs. We're going to be doing a segment today, Most Eligible Bachelor, kind of going along with the times here. We're going to be hitting some NFL news and notes and some preseason week week one takeaways. Apparently being in person still means I can't talk. Um, and we're going to hit some I fantasy. I Zoom, so yeah, that's you're not, right. not a good start. <laughs> And we're going to be doing our yearly fantasy My Guys, so we're going to see who's going to torture us for the rest of the season because we put all the chips in and they just let us down. Uh, make sure you find us on thecouchgms.com and on our social media channels, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at thecouchgms. And reminder, we're on Discord. Bless you. Sorry. <laughs> reminder, we are on Discord. You can check out the link in our description for our 24-7 fantasy chat. He is still sneezing. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> Before this intro gets more off the rails, this is going to NFL News. <laughs> Leading off NFL News, we have some retirement news. Patriots running back James White has officially retired after eight NFL seasons. I mean, somebody who started off his career as a little bit of an underdog, we didn't expect too much from him. He ended up being a very important gadget player for Tom Brady and the Patriots in a lot of those Super Bowl runs. So props to James White on a very good career. Absolutely, George. Congrats to James White on a great career. And honestly, he should have more to his name. He should have the Super Bowl MVP dating back to the infamous 28-3 game. He had double-digit catches. He caught the game-winning touchdown. It went to Tom Brady, but I always felt James White deserved it. Mm -hmm. uh, so just want to give him a little bit of credit as he's on his way out of the league. And best of luck to whatever his future endeavors are. Agreed, Cody. Moving on, we have some position change news. Um, I guess it's not super shocking, but Taysom Hill, now tight end for the New Orleans Saints. He has said he's no longer going to be playing quarterback. He's pretty upset about it. He wanted to obviously be a successful starting quarterback in the NFL, but is doing what is best for the team. Yeah, and honestly, I think it's in the best interest for him because right now, Jameis Winston is the starting quarterback. Uh, so if you know Taysom Hill wants to stay just the quarterback, he's going to be a number two. He's going to be riding the bench all season. Um, if he wants to be tight end, then you're going to see him get playing time. He's going to get on the field. He's still going to be involved in that offense. Yeah, and it doesn't rule out the fact that he won't do some Wildcat stuff as a potential quarterback. He might, if you're an Alvin Kamara owner, he might steal a touchdown or two at, down at the goal line on a Wildcat play. It's probably going to happen. Uh, but my big question is, how does this affect his contract? I know there was some interesting wording. If he was quarterback versus tight end, is he now the highest paid tight end? I'd love to see what the aftermath of how the contract plays out for this one very true i think i do remember that there was a uh kind of an escalator for if he played quarterback so he probably isn't the highest paid tight end but i'm sure he's still going to be a successful gadget guy i hope he doesn't take too many touchdowns from that saints offense because there's nothing more frustrating than looking at the that helps no one and like here's Taysom hill with two scores and that no one's going to actually start him but Maybe he'll end up being a starting tight end over Adam Troutman. We'll have to figure out how that goes as we get through the preseason into the regular season. 
Uh, plenty of injury news coming out of week one of the preseason, starting off with the Jets and Zach Wilson. He left early with a knee bruise and a torn meniscus after a non-contact knee injury. Uh, it's kind of lucky it was not worse than that. Uh, he will be getting surgery this week for that meniscus, but he is still expected to be ready for week one. Yeah, but see, here's the issue, though. Uh, he's ready for he should be ready for week one. Okay, but that doesn't mean he's going to be the starter week one. The issue is they're actually saying that Joe Flacco has been the best quarterback in camp and that Joe Flacco might actually win the job. And now Zach Wilson not being there for all the preseason, if Joe Flacco goes out there and kills it, there's a chance Wilson loses his job before week one even rolls around. I mean, that's something for me. It's going to be, I have a hard time believing it. I feel like that might be have been some motivation trying to, you know, push Zach a little bit more, start, you know, trying to send a message through the media type of thing. Um, it does suck that he has this injury, and maybe Flacco will be the start of week one because I'm not going to rush him back. Um, but I do think once he's back healthy, Zach Wilson will take over as the starting quarterback. You don't draft a guy second overall to replace him with an old veteran the next year. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to necessarily bench him, but it will be very interesting because that team's supposed to be on the rise. If it is like one or two weeks of Joe Flacco and he wins a game or two and then Zach Wilson comes back and does not perform super well, we'll have to see what his long-term status with the team is then at that point. Um, some good injury news. Joe Burrow has returned to practice following his appendectomy. He is on track to start yeah, I'm week so proud one. I'm for nailing that word. I'm so glad I didn't have to read it. Man, I mean, I normally can't talk, and here we are now. I'm actually, like, saying big words that I barely know what they mean. I, I know what an appendectomy is, so I did. Yep. Well, that's because Cody pushed me a little bit. but <laughs> Put him on the spot. <laughs> um, more uh, injury news in the preseason. Drake London left his game um, this week with an apparent knee injury. It was not serious. He is considered day-to-day. -day. He was walking around on the sideline post-injury. Um, I mean, anything either, Tyler, you seem like you want to jump in. No, I mean, I just, I really like Drake London, and I think he has a chance to um, be an impact player for fantasy this year. He's a guy that you should look at um, definitely in Dynasty Leagues. If you're doing your rookie drafts, Drake London is should be one of the top three picks. Um, but in redraft leagues, even as a late-round flyer, I mean, you're talking about a guy who might be the number one receiver for this team. And whether you like the Falcons or not, uh, whether you believe in Marcus Mariota or Desmond Ritter or not, uh, a number one receiver for a team is still going to get points. So um, he's definitely a guy to be looking at. Yeah, he's currently ranked as wide receiver uh, 41, uh, right behind Robert Woods, another guy that's underrated. Al Lazard's right behind him. So that's where he's at. You know, these teams that you have questions about their quarterback, but guys that you expect to get the volume as the wide receiver one. So currently going around pick 110, that seems – Pretty high value for a potential number one wide receiver in any offense. Yeah, and you just said potentially three of them right in that little stretch. So, I mean, that's two guys that we've been talking highly about. Add Drake London into there, especially if this knee injury is not going to hold him out for any time in the regular season. Um, a little bit of uh, less serious for fantasy, but something to mention. Bears wide receiver Nikhil Harry, remember he got traded there a few weeks ago, uh, is expected to be out for eight weeks. He has an he had a high ankle sprain that required surgery. And Browns wide receiver kick returner Jakeem Grant tore his Achilles. He is out for the season. Obviously a huge blow for Grant. I mean, he's a great kick returner. But the one I want to talk about is Nikhil Harry. I mean, talk about a guy who has had a rough career so far. He has not been able to do anything with the Patriots. Um, and a lot of times you see a first-round wide receiver. Maybe they just need a fresh start. They just need a new place. So he goes to the Bears and immediately gets injured. 
and is now going to miss eight weeks. I mean, I feel for the guy. I, I still have faith that he could do something with his career at some point, but right now he is off to a rough start. Yeah, it's not looking great for him. He's a guy I liked coming out of the draft back in the day, but uh, and he had a great opportunity in Chicago. There's not a ton of wide receivers there. He had an opportunity to be a wide receiver too, uh, but he unfortunately couldn't stay healthy. 100%. So I, why don't we keep talking about preseason week one and go into our preseason takeaways. All right, boys, before we get to the next segment, we have to let the listeners know that support for the Couch DMs podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle, the performance package. It's right here. You can see it in front of you. Join over 5 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with an exclusive offer just for you, 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code COUCHGMS, that's C-O-U-C-H-G-M-S, at manscaped.com. That'll get you 20% off and free worldwide shipping. Yeah, absolutely. Yo, this is a game changer. The products in this bag, I mean, not only are they great products and I love them, but honestly, I'm not trying to go to the grocery store and have some teenage kid walk up to me and I have to be like, hey, you you got anything for the family jewels downstairs? You got anything that can help that out? But at least now you can do it in the privacy of your own home. You can order it online, and they're amazing products. Oh, 100%. The quality is well, well beyond anything you've used before. And I mean, I feel like I didn't even know that there was tools made for something like this. And all of a sudden, like, once you use it, you're never going to go back. Definitely. I mean, we've all have our nightmare stories of trying to clean up, you know, Talked about in this episode, it's the bachelor party. I've, I've cleaned up down there, you know, have to make it a little bit nice. Now, Manscaped did send each of us a performance package 4.0 to try out, but this stuff is a game changer. If I can reach into the thing, I'm going to grab out here. I'm going to grab out the lawnmower 4.0. Uh, one, super safe. It's not very loud, so you can do it. A lot of people, if you live with other people, you can hear it. But this LED light, I'm not sure how well the camera is picking it up. Game changer, whether you're shaving your face, shaving down below, it all works the same. And like, I'm not like I can just rub it across my hand. Does not hurt at all. Super smooth. Great other products. The toner, nice little aftershave product, the ball deodorant front anti-shaving on the bachelor party weekend. We were doing stuff on a lake in a pool. We all put it on beforehand. It has been super comfortable. Definitely love Manscaped and, and glad they're helping out. And let's be honest, Cody, it's not just for us. Uh, because ever since I got this stuff, I can tell you my fiance loves it. You and I are both getting married right now, and you know what they say, happy wife, happy life, and my fiance loves these products, loves that I'm taking care of some stuff downstairs, but also, like, they also come with the Weed Whacker, which is a nose and ear trimmer, and I don't know about you guys, but I get some long nose hairs every now and then, they bother I, me. I think I might see one. Yeah, I think you probably <laughs> see one right now, but I'll be sitting there and just plucking them, and uh, it drives her absolutely nuts, but now I have a tool that can just take care of it real easy. Uh, it's, it's nice. It's full man's body taken care of. Right now, you can get the Performance Package 4.0 by Manscaped, which includes the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, Crop Preserver ball deodorant, Crop Reviver toner, Performance Boxer briefs, a travel bag to hold your goodies and get 20% off and free shipping with the code COUCHGMS. That is C-O-U-C-H-G-M-S at manscaped.com. That is 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code 
couch jams, unlock your confidence, and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. And now back to the show. So we talked last week about a lot of hype of uh, training camp. Now we actually got to see some guys in pads. We got to see some hitting. We got to see who played and who didn't in week one of the preseason. So now we get a little bit of a better idea of how we should be talking about some guys coming into this season. And we can start off with Thursday night. Uh, Baltimore Ravens rookie tight end Isaiah Likely played a huge part in an offense that did not play the starters. Let's start with that. But we know that they're weak at the pass catching positions besides Mark Andrews and maybe Rashad Bateman. He was catching everything. He was going up and high pointing balls. There's a chance Isaiah likely could be a pass catching threat for an offense that does already have a tight end, but could probably use a second one. So let me just say, I was actually at the game, so I got to see him in person, which definitely helps. But the thing about Isaiah Likely in this game is he did look really good. He was catching a lot of balls. He was making some really amazing catches. But he was actually lining up out wide, or he was taking his routes to the outside, and he was being covered by the corners a lot more than he was being covered by the safety. And the Titans actually had all of their starting corners playing. Uh, so he was actually going up against number one corners and was doing all that. It wasn't he was going up against backups and making things look good. He was going up against actual NFL starters and was doing really, really well. So that makes it even more impressive what he did. Uh, so he's definitely a guy to look out for. Maybe not in redraft leagues right away, uh, maybe down the stretch, but in dynasty leagues, absolutely. Go snag some Isaiah, Light- Isaiah Likely. Yeah, I was going to add to that. I the it he looked good, but the preseason week one the hype uh, is pretty heavy. But remember, they do have Mark Andrews, and they play the same position. They're a very similar style of player. So as long as Mark Andrews is there, I don't see him being a huge part of the offense. I'm not saying they can't get to a two tight end set down the road, uh, but redrafts. I'm still out on Isaiah likely to, despite the impressive debut. Uh, but I do think he's climbed up some dynasty draft boards. Yeah, definitely someone to keep an eye on. Maybe a few weeks into the season, we start, you know, picking him up on the waiver wire. He could be a sleeper kind of tight end dartboard kind of guy if he is, especially if he's lining up out wide for a team that does not really have a solid wide receiver two or even a wide receiver one who's fully entrenched in that position. And look, I've seen leagues won before by people who work the waiver wire or work free agency really quickly. Uh, there's people that are, the second you see a big injury, they are there to pick up the replacement. And I've seen leagues won that way. So uh, obviously we don't want to wish injuries on anybody that's not who we are. But if Mark Andrews were to go down for some reason, I mean, the amount of targets that he was getting, Isaiah likely would then get a bulk of those targets and his value would skyrocket and he'd be a huge waiver target. Yeah, he would be. And just to take a quick step back on what Snyder said about you know being quick, and that's how you have to play your fantasy. You have to be staying up to date. You have to you know, follow the news. Uh, you don't have to be as obsessed as we are with you know Twitter tur- notifications turned on on Twitter way too much. Not proud of my screen time report during the football season. Um, but make sure if you're in a league and if you're a commissioner or you're in a league that you actually have some sort of waiver system turned on. Uh, it's no fun when you're in a league that – you know, someone gets hurt at a one o'clock game on Sunday and you can still pick up the replacement after the game has already started. Make sure that, you know, waivers aren't running till Tuesday after all the games are played or someone that's already starting can't be picked up till Tuesday. Uh, that just keeps the, the leagues more competitive. Uh, but yeah, you still have to be active and our discord is a great place to keep up with all that news. Yes, it is. We're going to be talking 
everything as it happens, especially on game days, we'll keep you up to date if there's any injuries, if anyone's going off, if anyone's not having the week that we expected. Um, but more into running backs now. Travis Etienne, running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars, played all 20 snaps with the Jaguars starters in their first preseason game. Now, we obviously can't read too much into it because James Robinson was not active. He's still dealing, coming back from the injury. But it does seem a lot more like they view him as a three-down back, which is very good for anyone who took him in that ADP range where he's at right now because there's a chance he could be an RB1 if he actually is effective with all those carries. Does it change your opinion? Because you're the one that Tyler and I both have ETN ranked on our rankings on thecouchgames.com higher than James Robinson. You're the guy that has James Robinson mm-hmm. higher. Are This preseason week one, is that changing anything for you? I did before preseason week one kind of update my rankings slightly, and I put them right about right on top of each other. So there's not really that big gap anymore. I obviously still am very, way higher on James Robinson than you two were over to your rankings. And I think now I am going to have to give an edge to Travis Etienne. Hopefully we get to see a little bit of James Robinson in the preseason and see a little bit of that kind of split if it's going to be a first, second down thing or if they really are all in on ETN. But I think it's looking more and more like it's going to be ETN's offense. I agree. And we apologize if you can hear the leaf blower that is going on behind us. We cannot control the neighbors at our Airbnb. Uh, But sticking with the running backs, Antonio Gibson, he plays on first and second downs like usual. Uh, but the fumbles still seem to be an issue, and Brian Robinson is the guy that comes in, not J.D. McKissick. Brian Robinson, the rookie out of Alabama, uh, an underrated guy, wasn't talked about much in the, the draft process, but seems to be catching on with the commanders pretty quickly, and a guy that might be in for a bigger role than we originally expected. Yeah, I would play a little bit of caution here, because every year I feel like, I mean, it's the commanders now, but whatever the franchise's name is, every year they have somebody at running back that were like, this guy's going to be good. This guy we're going to have to target. This is the sleeper. And then every year that person kind of disappoints. Um, so, I mean, even Antonio Gibson, like he was a guy that we targeted high. And I'm not saying he disappointed in the sense that he's not good, but like he has not lived up to the level that we expected him, especially at his ADP last year. He did not perform the way that we were drafting him. Um, so it's definitely something to kind of tamper your expectations with. I mean, I think that they're going to use all of their running backs um, which is annoying to us. We hate running back by committee. But I think they're going to use all their running backs. But Brian Robinson is a guy that you can snag late in drafts, maybe take him with your last pick, um, maybe take him within the last few rounds, um, especially if you draft Antonio Gibson. I mean, we're talk- we talk about handcuffs. Um, we'll go over handcuffs more uh, in our TikToks. And he's a guy that should definitely be a handcuff. You take Antonio Gibson, go out and get Brian Robinson. I mean, he might end up being a running back one by the end of the season. We never know. And I think my biggest takeaway from this is not as much about Brian Robinson, but it's about Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick. So first off, the person who was coming in on third downs almost every single third down was J.D. McKissick. So if you're in a full point PPR, maybe not a bad idea to take a flyer. He's going to have his share of targets and touches in that offense if they are literally going to play it as first and second down Gibson or Robinson and third downs always J.D. McKissick or if you're in like a two minute drive or something like that. Not saying he's going to be someone who's going to be an every week starter, but you never know if it's a game that you don't expect Washington to be up in. He might get even more playing time. But uh, Gibson at his ADP, I don't think any of the three of us really like him that high. We have him lower than most experts do, but keeping, I'm just kind of staying away from him. At the beginning, make sure your computer was muted. And it was (laughs) muted, but then I had to test my audio again, so I unmuted it for that. Oops. (laughs) 
That's a solid oops on my part. Was that Antonio Gibson texting you saying, what are you talking about? Or uh, Yeah, he was like, seriously, man, you don't think I'm as good as I said I was going to be? Uh, we're going to have to talk to him later. Don't worry about that. All right. But uh, that, just keep an eye out on that Washington backfield. There's might, probably not a, as much there for fantasy as we even hoped because who knows what's going to happen with Antonio Gibson. Um, Cody, you want to talk about Damon Pierce? Sure, Damian Pierce, uh, rookie running back for the Houston Texans, another running back by committee that, you know, Marlon Mack is there, rookie Damian Pierce, Rex Burkhead, a lot of guys going around. And we're not doing quotes of the week this week, but we have to give a little homage to it. Uh, Lovey Smith, head coach after the game, said, Damian Pierce definitely caught my eye. Uh, I know it's a guy that Snyder has been talking about for a while, the guy he's liked in Dynasty. And, again, it's not the best team, so you do have to worry about touchdowns, but opportunity is important, especially at the running back position. And if Damian Pierce starts to run away with his job, he could be a potential, you know, running back you add late, especially in those instances where you're going, you know, no running back strategy, or you take a high tight end or high running back where you can't get those top tier guys. Damian Pierce could be a late round value that uh, by the end of the draft season. Yeah, absolutely. And you're talking about a guy that is currently not ranked as a starter for the worst offensive team in the league last year in the Houston Texans. I get that. But don't, don't make it sound so exciting. But you're talking about a rookie who is impressing coaches who only needs to outbeat Marlon Mack and Rex Burkhead, not guys that really have me shaking, not guys that I'm like, oh, man, I need to have them on my team. And also, yes, the Texans were the worst offensive team last year in the league. Fine. But they still scored 280 points. And that's what I was trying to get across earlier in the podcast is just because a team is bad, just because they don't score a lot, doesn't mean they don't score. Somebody's going to be catching the ball. Someone's going to be running the ball. Someone's going to be scoring touchdowns. Uh, No team has ever in the history of the NFL gone with zero points scored in a season. Someone's going to be doing it. And there's not a ton of weapons on the Texans team. So somebody's got to get it. This is a young, exciting guy. Why not play the rookie and see what we got out of him if they're still rebuilding? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, just for some quick players around him in current ADP and rankings, uh, Damon Pierce currently running back 45. Guy we just talked about, J.D. McKissick, he's 49, so a little bit lower. But then, like, rookies like Isaiah Spiller, who's behind Austin Eckler, he's at 44. Naeem Hines, the handcuffed that might get some playing time, is right behind him at 46. You know, these secondary options. So, Damian Pierce being a potential number one option is incredible value at the moment. And this is my opportunity in the podcast to say we're at week one of the preseason. If you're drafting now, you don't need a kicker. And you really don't need a defense this week. Like, take these young guys that you think, you know, might make an impact, might win a starting job. Take them now. If they don't, you cut them for your kicker right before the actual season starts. Play your – use the gamemanship of the draft to make your roster better now and figure out the rest of the spots down the road. Absolutely, Cody. That's a great strategy. It will look weird in your drafts. You are probably going to get some questions from people that don't know this strategy and be like, dude, you seriously didn't take a kicker or a defense? What are you doing? Um, But it can pay off. I've seen it pay off for Cody, and he's won a championship because of this strategy. So definitely pay attention. Definitely, but uh, I think we have to get a little bit more into the spirit here. Why don't we do a little segment called Eligible Bachelors? So we're going to play Most Eligible Bachelor. Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to read you off some stats from last year, maybe some ages, maybe what college they went to. And I want you to first 
try to tell me which players I'm talking about. And then after we figure out who these players are, I want you to tell me which one you would rather have on your fantasy team this season. Not which guy do you like more, which one you'd rather draft this season between the two um, or three for wide receivers. So these are some guys that are not getting as much love as they deserve, and that is why they are eligible bachelors. So I'm going to start it off with bachelor number one uh, from the tight end position. We have a 23-year-old second-year tight end. Now, tight ends usually don't do well in their rookie season. It's a curse. But this man had seven touchdowns and 497 yards as a rookie and is currently ADP tight end 12. Pat Fryermuth. Pat Fryermuth. Pat Fryermuth, 23-year-old out of Penn State. Uh, our second bachelor, another tight end out of Penn State. Last season... This man had 73 receptions for 780 yards and yet is being drafted as tight end 13. Mike Gesicki. Mike Gesicki is correct. So your two tight ends I are knew that Pat Fryer. I just didn't want to say it. And right. <laughs> Mike Gesicki. Which guy would you rather have? Which Fryer bachelor Muth. are you choosing? Sorry. Yep. I'll, t- I'll just start off. Fryer Muth. Okay. Uh, opportunity. I think, you know, we're talking Mitch Trubisky or Kenny Pickett or Mason Rudolph at We'll see who it is at the, uh, but I think the tight end opportunity is greater. Um, I think the type of tight end that the Dolphins now want in Mike Gusecki with under James McDaniel is a little bit different. I know there has been reports that like they need him to block, like because they're a run, they the pass plays off the run, so they need him to be able to be an inline guy. They brought in Tyreek Hill. They have the all-time rookie receptions and a single-season guy in Jalen Waddle. They have guys that are going to get targets now. He's third in the depth chart. Yes, I know you could argue that Pat Fryermuth is still behind Chase Claypool, uh, but I think I like Pat Fryermuth as the secondary option behind Deontay Johnson, and then Chase Claypool third is like kind of like the down-the-field big play threat. Um, younger quarterback normally rely on the tight end, quick, easy passes, and he already showed his dominance in the red zone. Yeah, I definitely have to take a page out of the Tyler playbook. Backup quarterbacks and young quarterbacks – tend to like the tight end because they like to take those safe, easy throws, like Cody said. So, yeah, I'm going with Pat Fryermuth. Um, a lot of for the same thing you said, too, with there's a lot of mouths to feed in Miami. We're not convinced their passing game is going to be absolutely insane. If it wasn't for them going to get Tyreek Hill, I think I'd like Mike Gesicki a lot better. But now there's so many targets that have to go to wide receivers with a quarterback that's not proven. I'll take Pat Fryermuth trying to build off of that good rookie season. The only thing I will add is I do expect the Dolphins to have a better offense. Mm-hmm. So in, there might be, you know, in terms of overall opportunities, it might favor the Dolphins. But they also have two running backs in Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert, as long as he stays healthy. There's just a lot more mouths to feed. And it also has been a little bit concerning on how they talked about them. You know, they, they did add the franchise tag, but they're not doing an extension. Uh, the whole switching to a more blocking tight end, how does, much does that impact? Uh, so Mike Kosecki is a guy that I'm actually kind of out on. So I'm glad you brought him up. All right. Still no love for Mike Kosecki. Uh, so we are moving on to our next position, which we have running backs. Bachelor number one is a 31-year-old running back out of the University of Tennessee. Now, this man is currently being drafted as running back 32. However, last season, this guy was running back 12. 
Is Alvin Kamara that old? It's not Alvin Kamara. Who is the guy that ran with Alvin Kamara? This man was mm-hmm. running back 12 overall in 2021, drafted at running back 32. Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, I was. I mean, like, I'm trying to think of guys who did way better than we're ranking him this year, and the only person that's coming to my mind is Ezekiel Elliott, who's definitely not the answer. One more hint. Uh, this guy shocked everybody, was not drafted by anybody last year, was a huge pickup, and one of Georgia's favorites. Cordero Patterson. That is it. Cordero Patterson. Uh, <laughs> he played wide receiver at Tennessee. That's why it was throwing me for a loop. Yup. Had to throw you off a little bit. And bachelor number two. Uh, we have a 25-year-old running back who is currently ranked as running back 31 based off of ADP. But this is a talented very exciting running back when he came out of college. Uh, and he's a very talented number one running back for a team that is considered a run-first team. What was the age again? I missed that. He I don't know is how. 25. 25. Did you say the college? I did not say the college. Can you say the college? I'll say the college if you don't get it. I don't get it. Nothing. All right. This is a running back out of Penn State. No, Sanders. Miles Sanders is uh-huh. correct. Uh, this is our uh, third Penn State player, the first four. There won't be any more. <laughs> we are from PA, so it does make sense. So you have Miles Sanders and Cordarell Patterson both being drafted around the same position. Which one would you rather have? Now, well, I'm... I will say before we go, okay. this is for half-point PPR. I know that Cordero Patterson's a former wide receiver, catches a lot of passes. This is not in a standard league. This is not in a PPR. We play half-point PPR most often. So half-point PPR league. This is tough because of, like you said, half-point PPR. And I don't really... Even though he switched over to running back in so many different of these platforms, I still view him as more of a pass catcher or a wide receiver this year because... At over age 30, how, how many carries do you really think they can give Corderell Patterson? So put him into a pass-catching role, and he's probably the third option in their pass offense, which probably won't be too great. Kyle Pitts, number one. Drake London's probably your number two, as long as he keeps playing like he did this you know training camp in preseason. So I'm going to go with Miles Sanders, even Homer. though... <laughs> I've been waiting... You really have it. I, I just want to like look at this back and see your face just going, say it, say it. Um, but anyway, even though I know that the opportunity might not even be there for Miles Sanders with how the Eagles use their backs, people seem to forget that he was almost a thousand yard rusher. He just couldn't get in the end zone. If he scored touchdowns last year, he would have been way higher in the rankings than people thought. And there's no way he goes again without scoring a touchdown this season. That's my big thing, why I'm going to agree with George and take Miles Sanders. Um, you don't go from zero touchdowns to zero touchdowns. You regress to the mean a little bit. He'll get some. Yes, Jalen Hurts will steal some. They'll throw in Kenny Gainwell occasionally. Boston Scott, if he's still on the team, he'll probably steal some, break our hearts. Uh, but he has potential. And how often do you really see a running back wide receiver you know, that had never really been fantasy relevant outside of like – an occasional, you know, weekly DraftKings lineup to fantasy relevant all season, getting a year older, still over 30, to another top season. It's just, it's so, I was very hard to buy into the Cordero Patterson last year, and it's very hard for me to get back on that train. So with them going about the same place, I'm going to take Miles Sanders. It reminds me a lot of Mike Davis, uh, same team. So you have a guy who had one big flash in the pan season, 
Um, and then for the Falcons, we drafted him high because we were hoping he would recreate it and just didn't. Uh, he flat out busted and he was a huge waste of a draft pick for a lot of people. So uh, a much similar thing. So we're going Miles Sanders. No love for Corderell Patterson. But we are going to move on to our quarterback section. Um, so bachelor number one is a 28-year-old quarterback. I'll tell you the college if you don't get it because Cody's really good with colleges. <laughs> Uh, this man is currently being drafted as quarterback 23 off the board, a.k.a. not even drafted in 10-team leagues most often. However— Or 12. How even 16. Oh, sorry. Or even 16. There you go. <laughs> However, he did deal with injury last year, but in the time that he played, he averaged 17 points per game at the quarterback position. Uh, Jameis Winston. That is correct. Nice. That is correct. Jameis Winston out of Florida State. And bachelor number two is a 34-year-old quarterback who still looks young with uh, his legs. And he is currently quarterback 20 off the board, but was ranked quarterback 12 in 2021 and quarterback 7 in 2020. You're really throwing me off that looks good with his legs? Yeah. Like, do you mean like he actually runs? Yeah. Oh, man. And he's how old? A 34-year-old quarterback who does run. Ooh. Quarterback um. 12 in 2021, quarterback 7 in 2020, currently drafted as quarterback 20. I'm going to wait for the college. I'm going to give up on this round. Yeah. Um. Out of Texas A&M. Texas A&M. Uh, not Johnny Manziel. That's the first thing that came to my mind, too. That's bad. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to pass on this one. All right, the quarterback is Ryan Tannehill. You were talking about another guy. He played wide receiver for, for the first two years and then switched. Uh-huh. He's not thought about as a mobile quarterback, but nope. every year he has multiple rushing touchdowns. Over the last three years, he has more rushing touchdowns than Lamar Jackson. Ryan Tannehill is 34. Uh, currently drafted at quarterback 20. We have Jameis Winston at quarterback 23. Who are you taking out of these two? I think this is the toughest one yet. The, you know, the one both sides really have to hear their story to figure out who I'm going to give my final proposal to. Um, but it, I think I'm going to have to go with Jameis Winston. Uh, I do like Tannehill, the rushing, it, we talked about it, it's a cheat code. And you bring up the stat that's kind of mind-blowing that he, over the last three years, he has more rushing touchdowns than Lamar Jackson. They are getting Derrick Henry back, you know, they're they're underrated at the pass-catching options. Uh, but Jameis Winston, he looked really good, and the Saints had a winning record when he was playing last year. A healthy Jameis Winston, I know Sean Payton's not there, so that could, there is some concern with that, uh, but... The weapons he has around them, you know, they're getting Michael Thomas back. They have Chris Olave. They added Jarvis Landry. Alvin Kamara looks to be like he's not going to be suspended. That offense, that quarterback, I think I'm going to go that based on they have potential to be a top offense where I think where if you're t terms of total offense for the Titans, a lot of it is going to come from the rushing of Derrick Henry. Yeah, I mean, I think you pretty much said everything I wanted to say about Jameis Winston. And I still would definitely put Ryan Tannehill in the conversation, especially because of his rushing stats, even though it doesn't really probably affect you every single week. There's plenty of weeks where he might be struggling a little bit, and all of a sudden that rushing touchdown in the third quarter on that read option, you're like, well, here's a solid fantasy week now. But because of job security, I'm going to stick with Jameis Winston. 
there's a chance that the Titans come out and struggle and Malik Willis starts showing a couple of flashes like he did in this week one preseason game. Maybe it's not his job by the end of the season. So I'm going to stick with Jameis Winston because of that. I think if there wasn't that situation where, like, if he was still considered the long-term option in Tennessee, I might stick with Tannehill just because of that rushing ability. The only thing I'm going to say as, like, a counter-argument for you, even though we both picked Jameis Winston, is we are talking about a guy that's late, not even getting drafted. So if you're taking a late-round flyer on Ryan Tannehill, I'm not worried about if week six he's not playing well that they put it's in fair. Malik Willis because I'm cutting them before we get to that point. That's fair. Uh, but with the high upside of the rushing ability as a late-round flyer, I do think it there is some value in that. Yeah, I think both guys are definitely interesting because, you know, Jameis Winston was injured last season, but 17 points per game in the time that he did play is really good. And now you're talking about – Michael Thomas finally coming back and playing again. You have Chris Olave there. You have more weapons. Um, he's definitely a sleeper because, like I said, quarterback 23 ADP. He's not even getting drafted in a lot of leagues. Um, and yet he is a potential quarterback one by the end of the season based off of who he has and the points he can put up. And then Ryan Tannehill was quarterback 12 last season with basically no Julio Jones and A.J. Brown injured almost every week. Um, so he had a bunch of Walmart employee receivers and still was quarterback 12. Um, so the fact that he's quarterback 20 is – it's low. It's low. Both of these guys are solid quarterback two options for you. Um, just basically pick whoever you like more. But we have one more final round. We call it the love triangle because we have three players this time. And these are three young wide receivers who need some love. Bachelor number one is a 22-year-old wide receiver out of Minnesota. Uh, he is currently being drafted. Rashad Bateman. It is Rashad Bateman. Yeah. He is wide receiver 36, um, but his team did just trade away their number one wide receiver, making him potentially the number one wide receiver this season. Bachelor number two. Is a 24-year-old wide receiver. I'll keep the college hidden unless uh, you don't get it. Currently drafted as wide receiver 40. A potentially frustrating wide receiver last season. However, between weeks 8 and 17, the second half of the season, this man was wide receiver 13. Hunter Renfro. No. Um, no, he's definitely good. Darnell Mooney. No. Ooh. A frustrating wide receiver. I missed that part. And he's definitely is definitely getting higher than 40. College, please. Arizona State. Brandon Ayuk. It is Brandon Ayuk. Wait, wait. What wide receiver what? He is ranked as wide receiver 40 off the board. 40th wide receiver drafted. However, from weeks 8 to 17 last season, wide receiver 13. I feel like we're going to have the same exact conversation we had last week. Yeah, I don't remember this, uh, and I don't remember our conversation. That's bad on me. Uh, but I think there's one more in this love triangle before we really break it down. All right, the final person in this love triangle, just to throw some interesting uh, people out there, we have wide receiver 44 off the board, um, but he had back-to-back -back seasons with 100-plus targets. Uh, this man also had 11 total touchdowns in 2020 as a rookie. So 2020 is his rookie year. That means this is, he's going into his third year. He had 11 touchdowns as a rookie. 100-plus targets back-to-back -back seasons. 
but currently ranked as wide receiver 44. Oh, man. That's a good one. I feel like I should know this, and I would get really irritated that I have to ask for the college. Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Oh, man. They don't. Uh, well, Jerry Judy? No, he went to Alabama. Yeah. Uh, Notre Dame. Equinemia St. Brown is definitely not it, but he went to Notre Dame. Will Fuller <laughs> went to Notre Dame. He's not it. Back to back, hundred yard receiver at Notre Dame. Chase Claypool. Chase Claypool is correct. All right, so your three options are Rashad Bateman, Brandon Ayuk, and Chase Claypool, all being drafted around the same spot. Who would you prefer out of this love triangle? Mm, That one's tough, but I think it's also very interesting that we're talking about guys that were not don't either know who the quarterback is or don't have a lot of confidence in the passing numbers from the quarterback whether that be Lamar Jackson with Rashad Bateman uh, Trey Lance in his second year with Brandon Ayuk and then Chase Claypool with whoever that love triangle that it's not we're not going to talk about on the show today um George is probably going to get a little upset because of who I'm going to say but I'm going to say Brandon Ayuk uh we talked about it I think what he was referring to is last week we did talk about how they were Kyle Shanahan was pumping him up and, you know, talk about how he's no longer in the doghouse. He's really come in. He's really shown. And I think there is a potential where, yes, they did just play, pay Debo Samuel. But Debo is going to get moved around a lot. He might take some snaps out of the backfield. If Brandon Ayuk can be the guy that lines up at the wide receiver position and gets, you know, everyone's focus on Debo Samuel, opens him up. I think I like that opportunity there of these three where you mentioned it. Rashad Bateman, he's – the only wide receiver option. Yes, you have Mark Andrews, who's going to be the primary target, but they're still going to have their corner out there on Rashad Bateman, where it's going to be a safety and a linebacker, most likely on Mark Andrews. And then Chase Claypool, we just talked about with Pat Fryermuth at the beginning of this segment. I liked him as you know the number two target, so dropping him to the number three. Uh, so I'm going to have to go with Brandon Ayuk. But George, are we, are we going to agree on all four of these, or are you going to go different? I'm going to go different. I mean, I was definitely debating Brandon Ayuk, so I feel like I might have leaned that way a little bit if you didn't. Because, like, last week, we were just getting all pumped up on this is actually a chance this could be something. But I've I've been hurt one too many times, I think, to put him in the lead in this discussion. I'm going to go with Rashad Bateman because we talk about, yeah, there's not really much of a reliable passing game. Maybe having their running game back, having these top running backs that can actually run the ball will help open up that passing game. And we forget that they were actually eighth in pass attempts last year, the Ravens were. Um, even though it doesn't seem like it, that's they're, they're trying to put more focus on their passing game. And Hollywood Brown was a very, you know, fairly reliable wide receiver for fantasy last year. Vacate all those targets, go to Rashad Bateman, who was already almost a 10-point-a-week guy. Not saying he's going to be absolutely amazing, but I don't think any of these three are going to be league winners. Could be a very solid flex. I'm going to go with Bateman. All right. Well, there you have it for uh, the most eligible battler, bachelor. First time we've ever done it. Um, so Pat Fryermuth is our tight end who got a date today. Uh, we have Miles Sanders as our running back receiving love. Our quarterback, Jameis Winston. Uh, and... At receiver, we have Rashad Bateman and Brandon Ayuk. Finally, some unloved players are getting some love today, and that's what we really wanted. Yeah, definitely. And let us know on social media what your eligible bachelor is, who you would 
take out a, on a date, a.k.a. put on your fantasy team. And it was the first time, but we'll have to do it again uh, this winter when we're doing the same exact setup for when Tyler is the bachelor of emphasis or focus. However, that was a terrible way to word that. I'm so sorry. Uh, but we got one more segment, so let's jump into Fantasy Archives. All right, everybody, we're talking fantasy our guys for this season. So if you remember, we started this out last year and do this every single year. We're going to basically stake claim in two to three guys that we are taking in most of our drafts that we think are going to have amazing seasons outperforming their ADPs and rankings. I mean, I think we all have three. I'm not going to start off this one. I'm going to pass it on to Cody since Tyler just uh, to give him a little bit of a break here to uh, after talking to bachelors. Cody. Who is the first guy that is your fantasy art guy? Alrighty, so if you've been listening to this show uh, since we pretty much started the offseason, this one should be pretty obvious to what you're going to say. But my guy this season is wide receiver Mike Williams. Now, he did get a contract extension this year. He was the first of all the wide receiver money, often forgot about because how quick and early it was. Um, he has some competition, um, but I think some of that competition is why he is my – my guy. Uh, his competition is Keenan Allen, a guy that's consistently been in the top. He's a top wide receiver, very underrated for how well he has played. And the injury bug for Keenan Allen is really no longer a thing. Uh, but Keenan Allen is currently wide receiver 11 with an ADP of 29, where Mike Williams is wide receiver 19 with an ADP of 49. So we're talking 20 picks later, a round and a half, two rounds, depending on your league format. For a guy that did put up, you know, Decent amount of points. He did have a little bit of a lull last season, but he averaged 13 points a game. We're expecting a lot out of the Chargers offense. Austin Eckler had 20 touchdowns last year. I think that's going to regress a little bit. I think Mike Williams can pick it up. He's a big play guy in the red zone, especially he could be that option. Um, in my rankings, I have them very close, but Mike Williams is a guy I do have just a little bit higher than Keenan Allen. Uh, I know that's surprising. And when I say that, that doesn't mean I'm taking Mike Williams where Keenan Allen's being drafted. I still understand the ADP game. I know my league. I know I don't have to take him in round four or five, but that's a guy that I view as, you know, a borderline wide receiver one, wide receiver two that I'm getting in round four or five. For a guy that typically likes going no running back strategy, you know I can, I can get Mike Williams later is definitely swaying my opinion on how I'm drafting this offseason. I was actually going to ask you, has that gap between Mike Williams and Keenan Allen gotten any closer for you? Like kind of like you asked me with James Robinson, or are you still fairly higher on Mike Williams and Keenan Allen? Well, I think my rankings, they might even be, you know, 13, 14 or something okay. along those lines. They're very, they're very close. Uh, I think Justin Herbert can put up, you know, two solid wide receiver one options. Uh, he has the potential to do it. Uh, Brandon Staley doesn't like to punt, doesn't like to kick. They like doing fourth downs, keep drives alive. Uh, so that's why I'm, I'm pretty high on this offense as a whole. Uh, I don't think you can go wrong with Keenan Allen, but I just love the value of Mike Williams so much more. Yeah, I think there's a few teams out there that you can say that about where you have a number one and a number two wide receiver, and they're really pretty similar, but the number one is so much higher. And finding those values out of the number twos can be the difference between you know winning a championship or being middle of the pack. Yeah, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, he, they're not yep. officially one of my, my guys, but T. Higgins is another guy. You know, Jamar Chase won, like, pick nine now. And, like, I think T. Higgins has the potential to have a better season than Jamar Chase. And that, that's something from a guy that loves Jamar Chase. 
Yeah, and I think Tegan's going like round three or late round two. So you got a whole extra round in there to go and get a guy who could be very similar. Um, I'll go next. My first my guy is also at the wide receiver position, but it's Amra St. Brown. So a lot of moving pieces in Detroit, but I think that all of us are pretty much in agreement that Detroit's offense should be better this year than it was last year. Better means more points, and this guy was already a league winner for a lot of guys down the stretch. So maybe getting TJ Hawkinson back, you might say, oh, maybe that doesn't really help him. Like TJ Hawkinson was always the centerpiece of that Lions offense, and now, like, once he left with injuries when Amra St. Brown really made his breakout. But if you're going off of how much talent he has and how he performed in week one of the preseason, it looks like they're trying to pick up right where they left off last year. And this guy's currently going at wide receiver 29, 72, so round eight in your drafts. And there's a good chance he could be a slot in wide receiver two and way outperform that projection so i have no problems especially at that draft position i'm willing to go a little bit higher and take him in round seven and just not let anybody touch him does it worry you at all i think the lions are one of those teams that it's like nobody on the team is really mind-blowing there's nobody that stands out as like this is obviously the number one wide receiver but they are just loaded with the mid-level guys um they have you know, DJ Chark, Amra St. Brown, they have Josh Reynolds, they have the speed threat out of Khalif Raymond, um, they have Quintess Cephas, who, another guy that, like, nobody really knows, but he always performs. Does it bother you at all that they have that many mid-level receivers and maybe too many miles to feed? Um, I think even with all those, like, there's there's probably four guys who are going to have significant up points. You're going to see, oh, they're, they come off some fantasy rankings. So it's TJ Hawkinson, like I said, Amra St. Brown, when he comes back from injury, Jamison Williams and DJ Chark. Yeah. And DJ Chark as the other one. Chark, even though like I know you're a really big fan of DJ Chark, I like him too. I still kind of see him as a one-trick pony. He's mostly a field-stretching type wide receiver. That's obviously getting a little frustrating because he is going to take some long plays and touchdowns away from the others, but I don't think it's going to be significant enough to really hurt value. Um, but especially with Jamison Williams, who I think is the other big guy who's going to get a bulk of targets, probably not starting this season because of his injury. Um, Ross St. Brown's really going to have a ch- chance to step in this first few weeks and say, last year wasn't a fluke. I can go out here and still be a solid wide receiver one. And if he's performing, there's no reason why the Lions shouldn't keep giving him targets. Yeah, my only you know devil's advocate for that is um, Ross St. Brown exploded when mm-hmm. TJ Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift were both hurt. So he became the guy. Now they're both back this year. Is he still the guy, or will he be the third option behind those guys? And, you know, DeAndre Swift, he's getting drafted pretty high in terms of fantasy uh, for what he does in both the run game and the pass game. Not saying I don't like the pick and the value, uh, but that is my concern with Amron St. Brown. All right, so my my first guy, uh, I'll stick with wide receiver. He's getting drafted around the same time as Amron St. Brown. Uh Brown is at 72 overall. My guy's at 76. And that's Darnell Mooney. And every year I say Darnell Mooney. And every year I probably will say Darnell Mooney. Just because I love what this guy can do. I mean, he is he, he can play slot. He can play on the outside. He can go vertical. This is a guy that's you know can be moved all around the field. Um, you don't have Allen Robinson there anymore. He is now the number one. And... He's exciting. I mean, we already saw one big catch in the preseason where he's just showing some of the things he can do. Uh, The big reason why he's this far down, if he is that talented, is because of the quarterback play. Justin Fields did not look thrilling last year. 
It's now his second year. He has a whole other year under his belt. Uh, you got to remember last year, Justin Fields didn't start the season uh, as the Bears quarterback. He was practicing as the number two all season, and then Andy Dalton was the starter. Um, and now you have Darnell Mooney able to step in there with Justin Fields having an entire offseason under his belt as the number one. Probably great, create some more connections there, get some better chemistry with him, and I think he's going to have a pretty good year. Um, and at 76 off the board, again, round eight for a guy with that much speed, I feel like you have to do it, um, especially because speed is a cheat code. We talked about running as a cheat code for quarterbacks, but for receivers, speed is a cheat code. I mean, we saw Tyreek Hill become elite because of speed. Uh, you grab that ball on a short pass and suddenly you're gone. It's turning a you know one-point play, two-point play into an eight-point play just like that, um, and that makes him dangerous. Yeah, I will say, like, I'm not really huge on Darnell Mooney, not because of Darnell Mooney, but because, like you said, the quarterback play. I'm not a big believer that Justin Fields is going to take a huge step. Um, But that ability after the catch, he probably is one of the most underrated after-the-catch receivers in the league right now. There's so many times, like, I didn't watch much Bears football last year, but when I did— didn't miss much. I, I know, but when I did watch it, like, whenever he got the ball in his hands, it's like, there's no guarantee he's going to be tackled. He's, he's shifty. He can make a lot of yards after the catch. So maybe it's a situation where he could be somebody, if he plays like the second half of last year, he can be good regardless of the quarterback position. Hey, we'll have to wait and see on that one. But I'm going to stick with my next my guy. I'm going to stick in the NFC North. And you all have probably been waiting to say Homer on me for this one. But it's Robert Tanya. Homer. Homer. Coming off the ACL injury, I understand. But he's being drafted as tight end 19. I don't think there's 19 tight ends better. Now, I'm not saying he's up there with the top five tight end guys that we're counting on, but after those top five, everyone is a shot in the dark. So, Robert Tunyon, you know, back in 2020 when he had his first breakout season, he had almost 60 targets at 59, just about 600 yards and 11 touchdowns. That was with Devontae Adams. The Packers don't have Devontae Adams now. He can come in there. He could be the number one guy. It could be Alan Lazard, and he could be the number two he could get fall to number three around behind Aaron Jones. We'll have to wait and see on where he falls in terms of placement, but he's going to be using the red zone. He's a guy that Aaron Rodgers trust. Um, I made the jokes, you know, all last season that we talked about how I like Dawson Knox because it was report or Josh Allen said he was on his fantasy team. Well, I mentioned it last week. I mentioned it again, Robert Tunney was on the bus and with the boys podcast. And he talked about how Alan Lazard, Aaron Rodgers, and himself, like to have pizza and watch the Monday night games. They like to hang out, talk life, talk football. You know, they spend a little bit extra time together. I like that. Aaron Rodgers, him very close. A guy going at 185. Phenomenal late rounds flyer. He's no longer on PUP, so you couldn't draft him and throw in your IR spot. He did come off PUP, which is also a great sign. Four weeks left to the season. You get to see him, how well he's going to pan out, get back to game speed. So I really like Robert Tunyon and think he could be a late round steal. Yeah, I absolutely think that's a late-round steal. I think the tight end drafting is kind of weird this season. Like, I really don't understand the ADP for a lot of guys, and um, I have nothing more to – I think you killed it with Tunyon. So I'm actually just going to jump into my second guy right away. Um, I'm going to leapfrog George here. And it's just because you guys can call me a homer, but I'm on the same track here. Tight ends for my team, and I'm going Austin Hooper. Um, Homer. Thank you. Homer. Look – Austin Hooper is currently going off the board as tight end 27. 
So he's not even going off the board. He's not going off the board, but in really deep leagues. Except that one league on TikTok that's the ultimate 32 league team. Shout out to them. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. But yeah, tight end 27. So he's not even getting drafted in a lot of leagues. And I find that just hilarious. I mean, you got Hayden Hurst, Tyler Higby, Kyle Rudolph, Evan Engram, Gerald Everett, all getting drafted above Austin Hooper. All guys that I don't want to touch in fantasy if I have the choice. And Austin Hooper, it wasn't long ago that he was a top 10 tight end. And now he is going to the Tennessee Titans, who have been looking for that tight end to be their guy um, ever since the loss of Delaney Walker. Uh, they, and they haven't been able to find it. Anthony Ferkser showed flashes, but he couldn't block. John o. Smith showed flashes, but he couldn't stay consistent. So now you have Austin Hooper has a great connection with Ryan Tannehill immediately. And the thing you got to think about is just like with the Packers, it's a very, very similar situation. You don't have a lot of receivers here that you can rely on. Uh, you don't have a lot of guys that are blowing your mind like these guys definitely demand targets. You got Robert Woods. You got the rookie Traylon Burks, who based off of preseason play so far, which it is early, doesn't look ready yet to really take that leap and be the number two. And then you have a bunch of mid-level guys that nobody's ever heard of. So you're talking about a potential number two target on this team and a big red zone threat. The Titans throw to the red zone, uh, throw to the tight end in the red zone a lot. Anthony Ferkser had a lot of touchdowns last year. Jeff Swain, Michael Pruitt. You've got these no-name tight ends catching touchdowns uh, in the red zone every year. And now you have a bigger name guy, a guy with really good athletic ability, great hands. He's in the red zone and he could be the number two target on this team. I feel like Austin Hooper at tight end 27, it's an easy, easy selection for me. Uh, I mean, you're talking about player 224 off the board. I, it's laughable. I think he's a great tight end too. I think this is also a good lesson in once you get past like the top tier of guys at a position or I should say like top couple of tiers when you're talking about like wide receivers or running backs because there are you know a couple of tiers of guys that you really should draft because you know there's upside. Um, if there's a guy you like late, don't worry about their ADP. When you're getting down to those late round flyers, take them if you like them. Like I like probably 12 or 13 tight ends that are like these guys probably should be drafted or should be a starter on the, you know in a 12 team league. And then past that, it's like I like Robert Tunyon a lot for his upside. Austin Hooper's on my list, and David Njoku are my top three after those top 13. Like maybe you can wait if they, if you have a league that has a lot of people that draft two tight ends, or if you're in a 14 or 16 team league, you can wait a little longer to get like an Austin Hooper. You don't have to run out and get him as like tight end 14 off the board, but feel free to wait and take that guy. You don't have to go in the order of the rankings on your draft platform. Yeah, I feel like Robert Tunyon and Austin Hooper are both guys you can get at the end of your draft, and it's not like you have to draft them a couple of rounds early because someone might steal them. Like, nobody's looking at them. Nobody's looking at them. So you can take them at the end of your draft to get a solid tight end too. And, yes, there's a lot of people that say you only need one tight end. It's not that important of a position. Fine. Say that. But if you have a guy like Travis Kelsey, don't take a tight end too. You can pick up somebody for his bye week. It'll be fine. But if you have somebody like Darren Waller who – struggled to stay healthy last season uh if you have somebody like george kittle who struggled to stay healthy or if you're one of the guys that didn't get one of the top tight ends and you're taking like a mid-tier tight end who's like kind of a dart throw why not take a second tight end uh, i understand that you're not usually getting a lot of points from the tight end position but if you do that gives you a leg up because nobody's getting points from the tight end position if the whole league is getting five or six points from tight end every week and you can find a guy that ends up like Robert Tunyon. He just walks in there, becomes Rogers' top threat in the red zone, 
we, we've seen him do it before, and he starts catching a touchdown or two a game, and he's getting 12 to 15 points, like, you have a leg up on the whole league. Yeah. That's six points more than anybody else is getting on a weekly basis, and you took him at the end of your draft. That is league-winning strategy right there. Now, I'm not going to go out there and be like, oh, Austin Hooper, Robert Tunyon, they're winning you your league. But they could. Like, they have that potential because of the ADP compared to potential. Yeah, when you're going out and finding guys in the late round, you're looking for that upside. Like, you can go back and listen to last week's episode if you missed it where Cody and I talked late round flyers. And all we're talking about is potential to get targets, potential to get carries, upside. This guy is way underrated and no one's talking about him. And that's exactly what we're talking about here. But I'm going to get us out of the late rounds a little bit and go to my number two. And that's J.K. Dobbins for the Baltimore Ravens. So, yeah, I talked it a little earlier. I'm going to kind of contradict myself a little bit where the Ravens were the eighth most you know, pass-heavy team in the league last year, but they were down three, four running backs. And J.K. Dobbins was amazing in his rookie year, went down in the preseason, didn't get to touch the field last year. They still want to run the ball, and J.K. Dobbins should be the guy that really takes over. Now, I'm not saying that he's going to be a running back one, but he's currently running back 24 off the board, going around pick 54-55. And he has way, he has so much ability to be a running back too that you're taking as a flex or even later as your first like bench spot. That the value there is so good that I can't pass it up in most of my drafts. He might start coming up the ADP board now that he is off PUP. Cody and I were talking about that last week. But for now, if you're in a draft that's happening this week, I'm taking J.K. Dobbins way more than I'm not just because the value to ADP is. Yeah, I think Cody and I were just talking about it the other day, how we just had a draft that happened, and we were looking at J.K. Dobbins, but he was supposed to miss time. Everything we heard said he was going to miss time, so we avoided him, uh, let him slide a little bit, and then as soon as he got drafted, it's like, yeah, he's off PUP, he's fine, he's going to be there week one, and it's like we we got him stolen right out from under us. So it it is absolutely a great pick. If you are drafting right now, take J.K. Dobbins at the pick that he is at because you are getting great value. But like you just said, now that he is off PUP, now that he is getting playing time, now that he's projected to be ready for week one, his ADP is going to go up. And you need to be ready for that. Don't just, because you're hearing us talk about J.K. Dobbins is a great value, take him. If he starts shooting up and shooting up too far, suddenly he might not be that great of a value. So you have to monitor where his ADP is. But if, like I said, if you're drafting him, drafting right now and his ADP is sitting where it is, it's a great value. Yeah, you probably have about two weeks until your system really starts to adjust for getting him up higher. Um, and as long as he's, you know, going in round, I'd say, you know, end of round two, beginning of round three, I think you're still getting good value with J.K. Dobbins. And that's probably where he will end up. Uh, my last, my guy, another one, if you've listened to the show for two seasons now, you know where I'm going to go with this. It's a quarterback out of North Dakota State, Trey Lance. Carson went out. <laughs> okay. No, it is not Carson Wentz. It is Trey Lance. Currently QB 13. So, you know, one quarterback league, you know, might not even get drafted if everybody takes a only one quarterback. Currently ADP of 103. What I really like about Trey Lance is I think he has, you know, the ability to pass the ball. I think he's very good at it. Uh, but he didn't have the opportunities because North Dakota State is a very run first team. He, you know, he, I don't even know if he had a game with 30 more passing attempts. It was very, low numbers of attempts per game. So I think there is some concern about his passing ability, which is warranted. You know, we haven't seen him do it at this level yet. He did get a couple spot starts for Jimmy G last year. 
Uh, but he also has the athleticism and the rushing ability. And we talk about all the time how running quarterbacks are a fantasy cheat code. And Trey Lance reminds me a lot um, I, of the second year of Lamar Jackson. You know, he came in, he had that nice run, he helped the team make it to the playoffs, and he didn't get the love the following year in the draft. He was still going near the end of the, the drafts. Uh, I believe that year I picked him as my second quarterback behind Cam Newton. Like, that's how it was. And we're getting Trey Lance very low at the end. And I think he is a guy that you can get at the end of your draft or, you know, round 10 or later that could end up being a top five fantasy quarterback. Very similar to Jalen Hurts last year. Going very late. And Jalen Hurts, we'll all admit it, even the Eagles fan here will say he wasn't the best passer. But what he did with his legs is what made him a top five fantasy quarterback. And we're seeing that reflected on where he's being drafted this year. Trey Lance could be the guy this year. And he is my guy. Don't steal him. I will not steal him. Um, I'm actually going to go again because, you know, I think you and I are thinking very similarly. Uh, I'm going to go with a, another quarterback, and I'm going to go with a guy that's getting drafted one position after Trey Lance, quarterback 14 off the board, and that is Derek Carr. Uh, Derek Carr does not get the love that he deserves. I mean, quarterback 14, like Cody said, in a one-quarterback league, if you guys don't like your backup quarterbacks, he's not getting drafted. Now, in 2021, last year, Derek Carr was fifth in the entire league in passing yards. Fifth. Nobody talks about it, but he was fifth. And, and you know, know who the, the number, number three receiver in receiving yards was? Hunter Renfro? No. Oh. Devontae Adams, yeah, who is now a Raider. <laughs> so now you have one of the best receiving yards players coming onto a team with a quarterback that was already doing well with passing yards. And, and you know, Hunter Renfro was great last season. Yeah. Darren Waller is one of the best tight ends in the league. Um, so you have these two amazing receivers. You have a great tight end. And you got multiple running backs in that backfield that catch passes and honestly can really open up the game for you. I think Derek Carr takes a step forward this year from where he was last year. And that's saying a lot because last season was one of his best years ever. And now the only reason that Derek Carr didn't do as great last season was because, you know, he had 23 touchdowns, which if you compare him against the other quarterbacks that were up there in yards, it's ridiculously low. Um, but then you have Devontae Adams, who had 11 touchdowns last season, now coming over onto the team. Um, you have some question marks with Josh Jacobs. They might not want to be forcing him in the hole there in the red zone anymore. Um, they're going to see touchdowns go up with Derek Carr. I truly, honestly believe it. Put my money on it. He's going to throw more touchdowns this season than he did last year. And if he can get the touchdowns to start matching where his yards are, he could be easily a quarterback one this season. Um, yes, he does look like Sid from Toy Story, and that is a downfall on him. But other than that, like this is a guy that is not getting the respect he deserves, not getting the love he deserves. And, you know, you can wait till the very end of your draft, not even draft a quarterback, stack up on good tight ends, receivers, and running backs, have a solid team, and then snag Derek Carr at the end of your draft as your, as your quarterback one when people are starting to draft backup quarterbacks and aren't even looking anymore. And you could have a really solid team. Um, and then, you know, like we were talking earlier, you know, you take Derek Carr at the end of your draft and you still want a second quarterback just in case he's not as good as I'm saying. You got guys like Ryan Tannehill and James Winston out there putting up points that aren't even getting drafted that you can pick up off free agency. It's a guy you can wait to the end of your draft, and again, it's going to be a big piece for your team. Yeah, all of these examples are just why almost n like in none of our drafts, basically, we take high quarterbacks in the draft. I don't even usually start thinking about the quarterback position until at least round eight. 
because that's the point where you're seeing kind of like quarterback 8, 9, 10 come off the board. And maybe you do get a little bit of a boost if you take that compared to like a Derek Carr, a Trey Lance, a Kirk Cousins. I was going to add Kirk Cousins in there too. He's at 15, and the amount he puts up with Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Mm -hmm. like there is so much value. I mean, even Matt Stafford, he's 12. Like that's what we're talking about. He was in the top five. So I don't know why uh, you would ever draft a quarterback early. Like – Obviously, if Josh Allen falls to round four, okay, maybe we'll think about it. Yeah. But uh, I'm not in the mindset of taking quarterback, you know, first round, second round. And a lot of times in leagues, you're seeing two to three quarterbacks off the board by round four, and that just pushes position players down. Exactly. And then you're just going to be getting even more of a value on some of those guys. And who cares if you're stacking your bench earlier than any other team? That just means that you have more solid throws at – Guys who could be wide receiver twos, guys who could be running back twos, your solid flex options, trade bait for later in the year that other teams aren't having in their drafts. They got one more, George. I got one more, and I'm going to the wide receiver position again, and I'm going to go with Gabriel Davis of the Buffalo Bills. So we're talking about the number one offense in the NFL. Gabriel Davis didn't really have a shot as a wide receiver two last year because they had guys like Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley in the house. Both of them are now gone. He had that amazing performance in the playoffs where he broke out and had four touchdowns. Not saying he's going to score four touchdowns a game, but that pretty much solidified as the he could be a solid wide receiver in the league. And he's not going to be the number one, but that team puts up so many points that I expect him and Josh Allen to be feasting all year. So coming off the board at wide receiver 28 in the eighth round, about pick 72, I love that value. I am taking Gabriel Davis. I noticed in a lot of mock drafts I've been doing lately. Yeah, I think it's worth noting. Uh, you mentioned Cole Beasley, Emmanuel Sanders. They're no longer on the team. And he only scored 10 points less than Cole Beasley last year and two points less than Emmanuel Sanders. He was fourth in fantasy points for the Buffalo Bills. But he is a guy that is now suspected to be the number two. We I talked a little bit about Jameson Crowder and what he could mean to the team on last week's episode. If you missed it, make sure you check it out. But I do love the the Gabe Davis, and we saw his breakout in the playoff game. Yep. Uh, maybe you know I'm surprised not being after you know you you know what you saw last, uh, but so getting that value later is definitely a steal. Yeah, and I think a lot of times you know like we were mentioning earlier, there's teams that have two wide receivers, and you know they're similar, but one's value is way higher. The other thing to think about is number one wide receivers, as much as we love them because they're the number one wide receivers, are taking number one corners. So now you have Stephon Diggs on the other side that's going to draw a lot of attention. He's probably getting double covered um, because of how good he is making single coverage for a guy with the speed, quickness, and shiftiness of Gabriel Davis. He should be able to get open uh, very often and should be on the field more being the number two now. So, yeah, I love the pick. And I do get where Cody likes to come from with Jamison Crowder. I think I should mention this too. There were three wide receivers, four wide receivers last year that were borderline fantasy relevant. Now you're down to probably three. Maybe you could throw Isaiah McKenzie in there. But Gabriel Davis should be a clear number two. And then whoever goes in the slot goes in the slot. They put up so many points in Buffalo that it's not even just two wide receivers that could be fantasy relevant. You could see three, potentially some weeks four. That, that it's one of those teams where you kind of have to throw what you know out the window and be like, they're, I want a piece of the best offense in the NFL. Hey, that's, that's a solid point, and I think that's a great point to end on. That was our My Guys, just real quick recap it. George was Amra St. Brown, J.K. Dobbins, Gabriel Davis. Tyler was Darnell Mooney, Austin Hooper, and Derek Carr. Myself was Mike Williams, Robert Tunyon, and Trey Lance. But as always, thanks for listening to the Couch Teams podcast. 
Yeah, and we're trying to spread some love here. It is bachelor party weekend. Uh, congratulations to Cody. He is thank getting you, married you. soon. Um, but I want to know who's your most eligible bachelor. Who's some guys that are at the end of the draft that are not getting the love they deserve uh, and you want to give a little shout-out to them? Let me know. Um, maybe I'll even throw them into the segment next time we do this. But either way, this podcast is so much more fun for us and more fun for you when you get involved. Yes, it is, Tyler, and thank you all one more time for listening into the Couch GM's podcast. For Tyler Snyder and Cody Roadcap, I'm George Kirk, and we'll see you all next week. Oh. Choo-choo.